Hey everyone, my name is Nick. And my name's Kat. Thanks for listening to our podcast, Made for You and Me. I also was thinking that I wanted to add in a little bit of like an educational and entertaining podcast about national parks in the United States. That sounds like I'm gonna have an aneurysm. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. If I said it or if you said it, or oh, if anyone no, said it. No, like you you feel free to say it. Whatever you do at the end there, I like I will never be able to Okay, all okay. That. Cool. Got it. Okay, so this is um we have some pretty upsetting news. We're re-recording an episode we already did. Uh, so it won't make a difference to you guys as the listeners, but it's annoying for us. We had some technical difficulties. Um, so maybe, fingers crossed, this is just going to be an outstanding episode because we've already done it. I believe that the informational piece will be outstanding. I do believe that there's a quality of us not having heard what the other person said oh, before. 100%. That makes it a little bit funnier but um you know i'm more tired this week and we were really tired on our great smoky mountain episode which Mm -hmm. was hilarious i didn't even mind listening to myself which is like hard right (laughs) yeah no that's like not a normal thing so yeah um yeah, I, it's going to be excellent i just um we're gonna have to come up with some some fresh humor i'm on it uh yeah so we'll be redoing this uh so you there might be a little bit of a lag in uh, another episode after this one comes out so just bear with us we'll make it up to you i'm sure that everyone's gonna be super furious yeah we are probably gonna lose a lot of listeners after this (laughs) sorry everyone (laughs) sorry all three of you (laughs) (laughs) thanks dad I am not completely inaccurate as of right now. (laughs) So tell your friends about our podcast. Um, Cool. Well, Kat, how has your day been? How has your week been? My week has been pretty good. Okay. Um, I lived for the weekend. I was a weekend warrior. (laughs) Warrior. Uh, you got I, it. I did the weekend thing. <laughs> <laughs> I nailed it. And so um, <laughs> I was inspired uh, and we went to Green Swamp Preserve. Where's that? It's about 30 minutes away from here. Cool. And you walk for about 30 minutes into the preserve. And then it's like a meadow of the carnivorous pitcher plants. Oh, sweet. Seen those. But it was a meadow of them. That's awesome. So, I mean, when they're by themselves, they're always right beside a Venus flytrap. Mm-hmm. So then it's just like, womp, womp, because Venus flytraps move, and these are just like oh, pictures. Yeah. But when they're, they're beautiful colors, and when there's so many of them, I mean, it is it was super impressive. And then we played a little disc golf, and we went to this place called Joe's Lobster. Joe loves lobster rolls, something of that nature. Cute. Cat loves lobster rolls too, <laughs> so that worked out. Nice. Um, but yeah, how about you? Uh, my week has been pretty good. I've just been like a little off today. I feel mm-hmm. like like you saw me getting set up and like trying to tell a story earlier, and I like couldn't gather my thoughts. And I was actually in the gym earlier today, and I was um, doing it was a chest and try day. Just so you know. Um, and so I totally blasted my pecs Does at the that, gym. I was about to say, so what did you try? <laughs> <laughs> um, but I was 
doing uh, dumbbell press mm-hmm. um, on the on the the singular bench, and I was like, one arm was like normal working out and the other right. one was just like way Weak. off and yeah. i was like this is weird um and so i went over to uh another machine and did another workout and then came back to it and was did the was doing the press again and it was still off and i was like this is so weird and it turns out i had gotten two different weights <laughs> <laughs> which made All me right. feel better about myself physically you're not asymmetrical but <laughs> the weights were yes. excellent so i was like oh so then that i was matters. just like this full giggling to myself in the gym with my headphones <laughs> in and i'm sure it looked sketchy but um so just you know one of those days yeah no i totally understand it's um just been a long year oh for sure <laughs> and i feel like it's catching up with everyone we're getting a little year. a little delirious yeah even at work you think about like projects that you've been working on or like a follow-up email and then you're like oh this was this long ago and then you're like Oh my gosh, no, it wasn't. It was only like, I feel like it goes both ways. Like you think Mm -hmm. about something and you're like, oh yeah, two weeks ago. But you're like, no, it was two months ago. And then you also think about something and you're like, wow, that was so long ago. And then you're like, oh no, it was just this past summer. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like someone is definitely like, we are in one of those uh, like simulations. And Um, people are just like playing with all of the different things that can go wrong. And time is one of them. Controllers. To be perfectly honest, yeah, it's like a toddler is playing with the simulation that we're living in. Um, But, but, you know, keep on keeping on. Nature is a great way to forget about all of this. And that's exactly why I went out to the Green Swamp. And we played disc golf. And that was in, like, an outdoor nature-y area, too. Um, It was a brand new course. And so there was a guy, you know, practicing his putt. Um, when we walked up and I was like, oh, do you have any advice for this particular course? And he said, stay on the green. And I was like, I hate you. <laughs> like, <laughs> if you're listening to this right now, you are such a loser. Boo. Like, what would I do? Throw it into the trees? That was a silly thing to Ugh. say. There were so many other tips he could have given. Like, you know, the holes basically didn't go in order they went like across the field and stuff like that so i was like okay but But anyway so not all sunshine and rainbows when you go out into nature but it's better than staring at a laptop agreed and great segue cat speaking of nature shall we get into it (sighs) yes please okay so take two on pinnacles national park dos here we go so Pinnacles National Park was originally established as a national monument in 1908 by President Theodore Roosevelt, and it was redesignated as a national park by Congress in 2012. That legislation was then signed into law by President Barack Obama in January of 2013. And so that makes this the newest national park, correct? Incorrect, actually. <laughs> um, so whenever Kat and I first started brainstorming and, and just coming up with the idea of um, how we were going to do these episodes, uh, we were talking about all the national parks that there were. And I even follow an Instagram account of, it's called like the 59 parks or something. And then she was like, oh, I thought there were this many. And I was like, I don't really know. So the reason that we weren't certain on the number of national parks is because there are a handful that are like relatively new like a a significant amount that are 
newer than 20 years and then like a couple that are just in like the last five right and people do not do a great job of updating their websites and we understand we're right there with you but Mm. it has been very confusing for us so yeah, we, we had this conversation last week, obviously. <laughs> Hope that didn't sound too rehearsed. <laughs> but it was a genuine conversation where I believed that. And then Nick explained to me that the reason why we were getting two different numbers was because people had not updated with the most recent information. So it was in between 59 and 62. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, there are 62, by the way. As of today. Right now. Yeah. Well, okay. So that is October 21st, 2020. So if you're listening to this because, you know, you are writing a paper to be published for some great thing. Right. Fact check us (laughs) from this point forward. Yes. Thanks. (laughs) Um, And just also know that if you're listening to this months or years from now, there could be another one. Or less. Oh, yikes, or less. Cat mm-hmm. coming in with the bad news hammer. I'm so sorry. Never mind. I'm going to be sunshine and rainbows <laughs> from this point forward. Um, bad yeah, news hammer. Always changing. Um, so it is not the newest, but 2013, pretty new. So this is a fresh park. Finnacles is in a mountainous area located east of the Salinas Valley in central California, which is about an hour and a half drive south of San Jose. Uh, It is 26,606 acres, making it one of the smaller national parks. We still love you, though, Pinnacles. Yeah. You're the pinnacle of all the small things. Um, (laughs) Well, actually, what does pinnacle mean? Let's look up like the legit definition. So I did last week and it was really funny because when you use it in a general language, it it does mean like the best or the top of something. Yeah. And so it is the peak. And we were discussing that the pinnacles look like crystals. We'll get more into the geology of them in a moment, but they they literally look like a bunch of little peaks. They do. Um, Yeah. Like um, like a stalag... Mites. <laughs> stalactite mites. Right. tights yeah. hang tight to the ceiling. mites grow mighty up. So, like, have you ever been on a cave tour? There's just, like, a bunch of massive stalagmites yeah. that make up the park. And there are caves in this park. Exactly. So, everything everything just makes sense makes right so now. so much yeah. sense. Finally, in 2020, <laughs> something makes sense. Pinnacles, we're here for you. Did you look at? Did you look up the definition and find something different? Have I lied again? No, I okay. I attempted to, but I'm not connected to your Wi-Fi. <laughs> <laughs> but that you're very accurate. It's yeah, it's it's the peak, the highest achieving point of something. There are so many jokes we can make throughout this entire podcast that I will I will refrain from this point forward. You can make a few. Mm. I'll allow it. Um, the park had 222,152 visitors in 2019. So in correlation with it being one of the smaller area parks, it also has one of the, um, one of the less visited parks. But still amazing. Uh, do you want to talk about geology a little bit, Kat? I do. But first, um, did you see in the news this week that a lady was found in a national park and she had been lost for two weeks. I, was it Zion? Yes. I did see that. Yes. That's and I was insane. thinking if you were in Pinnacles and that happened, I, I'm not sure two weeks would be survival. Like, oh. E. Yeah. Survival E. Um, Survivable. I, yeah. It just depends on the time of year. 
but um yeah that super scary mm-hmm. and i'm pretty sure that's why it's probably one of the least um visited but the people who do visit it seem to really be in love with the views and the general vibe of the area. So I feel like it might be like not expert, but experienced national park explorer. Yeah. I, I would. Zone. Yeah, I would agree with that. Um, and also not even just because like maybe you need to be experienced like with terrain, but also it's a little it's underappreciated so maybe after someone has you know dipped their feet into the national park world they start to explore the least or the the lesser known ones um which would include pinnacles which is although it's like it's like very beautiful and there is a lot to it um what's so unique about pinnacles is how it was formed how was created. Oh, that was an excellent segue. Oh, great. Continue. So Pinnacles National Park, it's located near slash on the San Andreas Fault um, along the boundary of, these are capital pronouns. Um, pronouns? Pop, pop, pop it? Oh my gosh. <laughs> nouns? To second grade English. Proper nouns. Yes. Whoa. Capital pronoun. <laughs> um, proper nouns: Pacific Plate and the North American Plate. Paschetti. Oh my gosh! <laughs> it's Pacific. Cat's like making jokes, and she's like making me second guess. <laughs> she's like, sorry, my, sorry. My research. Um, <laughs> so uh, along these two plates, uh, a volcano formed, and that's like the the location of the the current park, but. It was split into two halves and then mm-hmm. drifted 195 miles apart. And the western half of that extinct volcano is the location of current Pinnacles National Park. So where it was created is not where it exists today. Right, where some of where it was created exists there today, but that's not the park that we're talking about. Oh. Yeah, so the volcano was like split into two. The half that has Pinnacles is the one that drifted far away. But the other half is still a, a different park now. It's not a park, but it's a different... Oh, it just exists. It's like miles and miles away. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a place. Yeah. Um, but it just is... I was just right. Far away. <laughs> <laughs> um, but that volcano created massive rocks made from magma, and over time, water and wind eroded them away and formed the unusual rock structures known as the Pinnacles. And they are unusual and beautiful and unique. They kind of look like if you gave uh, a squirrel a carrot and they kind of just like went at it but didn't really eat it and just like they like like nod into it and they were like grooves and you know what I'm talking about? Yes. Yeah. Um, Gave a squirrel a carrot. A a squirrel. What was it? Give Give a mouse a cookie. Give a squirrel a carrot and they'll they might make it look like a pinnacle or like stonehenge depending on how educated the squirrel is yeah but if you haven't um seen these uh go google them they're pretty neat looking also i'm not sure that you've said this and you may have but it is in california i think you gave some specific fault lines and things of that nature but we did go in our first two episodes from north carolina to california yeah which is we're already we're already jumping over there, West Coast. We're, we're coming for you. We are. Okay. Um, so the park 
in itself is divided into east and west sides and it has different rock formation types and subtle differences in geology on each side of the park. Subtle differences? I thought there were more than subtle ones. More than subtle differences on each side of the park. (laughs) You're right. Because one side is um, (laughs) deserty, And the other side is lush. (laughs) So I know what pinnacle means, but I clearly don't know what subtle means. (laughs) (laughs) That's not it. I wasn't trying to like. (laughs) (laughs) No, you're right. You're right. right. I was just making sure that I was right in what I was thinking because, yeah, they have some... um, interesting critters that we'll talk about later mm-hmm. but um and that's because they have two very different ecosystems yeah interesting i mean thank goodness for that because that's how we get good wine in general <laughs> but um for this nice. thank goodness for it because we get diversity and plant and animal life mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. uh do you want to talk about some of the plants and animals or do we want to go through the history first i think we should go through the history first i think that makes really good sense <laughs> so i won't really delve into it quite like we did in our episode on great smoky mountains national park mm. um but there's also not quite as much to it so by default i can't really delve into it so you're welcome cat and other listeners who aren't too fond of history but, I'm fond of listening to you talk. Oh, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's such a compliment. <laughs> so, Pinnacles was designated a national monument, like we said earlier at the top of the episode, by President Roosevelt, which was made possible by the Antiquities Act of 1906, which you also knew if you listened to our earlier episodes. Thanks, Antiquities. Uh, The National Park Service, as you also knew, was established in 1916, but at that point, Pinnacles was not considered significant enough to command any park service resources Mm. by then. Uh, So then came like a grassroots campaign, and from 1916 to 1922, local residents advocated for it to be overseen by the park service. Uh, And then a funny story comes along. (laughs) In 1922, a guy named W.B. Lewis, who was the superintendent of Yosemite National Park, was directed to visit Pinnacles and report back to Park Service Director Stephen Mather. Oh, we love Mathers. He's just a great guy, and he'll prove himself even more uh, in this story. W.B. Lewis had a difficult trip and stayed only 45 minutes. Now, I don't know the details of what made this trip so hard, but coming from Yosemite to Pinnacles mm-hmm. was like, you know, same state, but still a trek. That was that was an event. And Homeboy arrived, stayed for 45 minutes, and then said, I'm out. <laughs> um, and in his official report to Mather, he recommended that the monument be abandoned since the most scenic sections were on private property. So this guy was just not having it. It just doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. I don't like this. Like, I don't like him. Yeah. I mean, I don't know the details of it, but also if you're a superintendent of a park, like, I feel like you would be, you'd be into it. I would want at least 45 minutes for someone to explore my home yeah. before they like really made a decision on it. Great point. And this is... A national park. Anyway. Yeah, you can't play like a game of Monopoly in 45 minutes. Yeah, he's the kind of guy. Yeah, (laughs) he's the kind of guy that would be like, stay on the green. This stay on the green guy and Lewis, I'm sure, would be great pals. We should call him Lewis from now on. And we would steer clear of them. Ugh. 
So the General Land Office, which administered land surrounding the National Monument um, and what was known then as Monterey National Forest, also received complaints from residents. So these residents were raising cane over here, uh, (laughs) which like, which good for them. Um, It just goes to show that there's strength in numbers. And if you and your group have something you're passionate about and want to change something, just cause a ruckus. And get some attention. Oh, can I tell a story how I caused a ruckus? 100%. (laughs) Well, it's not that much of a ruckus. But so my father's been listening to this. He's one of the three people that we mentioned earlier. And um, he came to visit two weeks ago. And he was like, I didn't realize we didn't go to any national parks. And I was like, yeah, dad. We haven't gone to any national parks. Thanks, Dad. <laughs> and he was like, "That I can't believe that." He was like, "I want you to pick one, and we're gonna take a train, and we're gonna go visit it." Dad. I know. Aww. So all you have to do is create a publicly syndicated podcast mm-hmm. and expose your parents or anyone else to the world and the things that you want, and you can potentially get whatever you want, just like the people of the Pinnacles. One hundred percent. Yes, you said it. Thanks. Uh, I think that is a, a really great, that's really great advice to everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it only takes a, a few dozen mics mm-hmm. to get it right uh-huh. yeah. <laughs> and a laptop and you're ready to go. And you're ready to go. Call someone out. <laughs> we'll do it for you. Email us. Yeah. DM us. Oh my gosh. That could be a whole thing. We could have a whole <laughs> segment. Like who do you want to call out We're today? We're happy to do that actually. <laughs> oh gosh. So... Like I said, the General Land Office, they were also receiving complaints that the monument needed to be taken over by the Park Service. Um, And the General Land Office, a little background about that, was a department of the federal government that was responsible for public domain lands. And that was only active from 1812 to 1946. So that's probably why you've likely never heard of it. Right. um, Because it hasn't been around for quite some time. But... Later that same year, in 1922, J.H. Favorite of the General Land Office, that's such a cool name, mm-hmm. uh, he made a more thorough report, which was copied to Mather. Mm. And then Mather then took that and was like, cool, this guy took his time, hung out, stayed here, talked to the people, went on a few hikes, talked to some experts so I can take his word for it. Uh, but that report recommended that the public domain lands be consolidated into the monument. So really, we pick it up from that report from Favorite to Stephen Mather. Uh, and then from 1923 to 2000, not really much happened. There was a series of presidential proclamations. Um, and then Pinnacle's National Monument was expanded from 2,080 acres to it's now 26,000 acres and some change during that time. But really, uh, not a lot happened during then. But even by the year 2000, it was still just a national monument. And then legislation authored by Representative Sam Farr from California. And I only like add his name in here because this was so recent. Yeah. He's, I haven't looked him up, but like he's likely still alive or if not just like recently deceased. But that's like really cool that we can like call out Sam on this episode. Yeah, we have to tag him yeah. in our social media. Sure. <clears throat> um, and. Like, thanks a lot, Sam, um, because we know you're listening to this. You're listener number four. Um, But he sponsored a bill to make Pinnacle's National Monument into a park, and that passed the United States Senate in December 
2012 after having already passed the House earlier that year. And that bill actually also designates the present Pinnacles Wilderness and the Hain Wilderness. And that legislation was then signed by Barack Obama in January of 2013. Hooray! Um, And what's really cool about the change in designation is that it literally only changes the name. It doesn't change the park's status, management, or purpose. Okay, going back to you said that it was only designated as a a preserved space at first. A monument. It was a monument first. Uh, in, um, in 1908, yeah. But you said that that was because they didn't think that there was enough need for management. For Well, like back then, the president just like designated it. Mm-hmm. But that was before the National Park Service was created. Truth. And the Park Service outlined the purpose for these protected spaces. Um, but still, a lot of these spaces, even though they were, you know, deemed significant by the federal government, there was like there was no money thrown at them and there was no like official there was there was nothing official like going on in the parks. But Pinnacles is the ninth unit in the national park system in California to be mm. named a national park. Wow, California's yeah. so lucky. They're so lucky. But that's all I got on the history. That's it? Mm-hmm. That's all the history. Well, good, because we've got some exciting things coming up. Shall we take a break, or do we want to just push on through? I could use like just a short break. Yeah, me okay. as well. Okay, cool. See you soon. Welcome back. Are you going to sing something for us, Nick? Um, well, I was. I, the reason I like saying that little something is because... Uh, I just finished like what is typically like my section of the podcast about the history. And now we're going to get to listen to you talk about the nature part of the park. And I was thinking like we needed a little jingle for like cats, cats, critter corner. I know there, it, that's Can, almost there. Yeah. Like, yeah, I'll, I'll work on it. But like, I think that would just be like really fun for like, you know, me to ramble like at the beginning um, and then everyone get hyped for like. Cat's gonna talk about some animals and plants. <laughs> I wish I wish that there could be something to the tune of Smelly Cat from oh. Friends. <laughs> okay. I'll but, work on it. Okay. Yeah. Do that. Um, Take this week and quit your job <laughs> and start writing jingles. Sure. Uh, yeah, I'm on it. Well, now that uh, we've talked about the how Pinnacles National Park uh, came to be Pinnacles National Park, Uh, Let's talk about what makes it so neat. Let's. So I'm just now realizing. Hold on. Mm, Okay. Yes, I have it. Okay. Well, um, I'm just going to kind of go in order of the way that I want to introduce these. And I did make sure that I was more diverse in choosing birds and uh, eh, I don't know. Anyway, we don't have any plants today. Okay. No plants. So the first thing I have here, um, I actually got a picture because I knew that you would really enjoy looking at it and giving our listeners a description of what you're seeing. So, okay. oh gosh. Um, yeah, please mind all the, <laughs> the laptops just hitting on the table. Okay, so what I'm looking at is it's a bird, but it's a bird like an old large British woman wearing a long black coat uh, and she just heard someone whispering behind her and she looked over her shoulder and she said 
what are you getting about? <laughs> and she just like has a horrible attitude and um, her face is all red. Yeah, she's angry. She might be a little drunk with that red face. Yeah. But um, I like definitely, definitely some character and some attitude, but just kind of like a gross creature. <laughs> exactly. Precisely. <laughs> So I am going to leave my opinions out of this, um, but what you just heard a description of is the California condor, and this condor has one of the greatest comeback stories in the history of all animals that had to come back. I can't really well think put. of a better one, actually. So <laughs> um, these are not uh, particularly beautiful animals. And they are not particularly um, imperative for the ecosystem here. But we love them, and they're needed in the world. So the California condors were at the brink of extinction. And I found two different sources. One said that there were nine left in the wild, and one said that there were 23. Either way, there are not very many condors. And that was in 1982. Okay. So since then, the California condor population has grown to 450 birds, and um, about just under 300 of those are living in the wild, and the pinnacles is one of the sites that they were released to. So they are home of some of the newly... um, Rehabilitated? Yes. Okay. The California, or the Pinnacles, are the home of some of the newly rehabilitated California condors. So they are in the wild, Mm -hmm. and they are not doing well, or they are, are, and so they, like, come into captivity and are rehabilitated, or they're born into captivity. So that's, uh, they were born into captivity. They were rehabilitated as an entire, like, species. Oh, okay. And um, I don't know if you've seen it, but they they use puppets to feed the babies. So they put, like, a condor puppet on their hand. Oh, like on their, oh. Yeah, and then. Like a sock puppet. Exactly. And they look like a little mama. Yeah, so that that is really sweet. So, and correct me if I'm wrong, a condor is a vulture? Well, it is a vulture-like bird, but it is a condor. So condors and vultures are not the same. They're not, but they are both. Um, uh, they both eat on already dead things. There's so scavenger. Scavenger. Okay. Yes. Um, yeah. So great that they're rehabilitated. <laughs> Every animal is valued, but condors are gross, in my opinion. Yeah, everyone should definitely take a peek at them and. Um, just make your own opinion but while the condor may not be the most attractive it does have plenty of superlatives so let's hear them yes so um in condor high school or pinnacles high school the condor (laughs) (laughs) um is one of the world's longest living birds it has the largest wingspan of any bird in north america and wait back up give us some numbers Oldest living, how long? 60 years. Up to 60 years. Wow. I do not have a wingspan, but it must be up. It must be past six feet. That's what I was thinking. Um, wow. Yeah. Pelicans and whooping cranes also have 
longer bodies, but not longer. <laughs> yeah, they don't make sense in scale. Mm-hmm. Um, usually are pretty ugly. <laughs> so yeah, <laughs> they have like little bitty bodies and yeah. huge big old wings. And that's what gives them that cape looking uh, feature that Nick so eloquently described eloquently. to us. Yeah, I can come up with some words, but other ones, <laughs> They uh, literally just flap their wings when they're taking off, and uh-huh. then they m- may not flap their wings just for glide. a very long time. Oh, it's one of the rarest birds. That's another superlative. Okay. So, yeah. I mean, I would say if there are nine of you, you're pretty rare. <laughs> yeah. That is crazy. Well, if there's nine of us, then the world's in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah. yeah. So, um <laughs> So yeah, they are the, like that vulture. Like they just like go really high in the air and circle around and find something dead and come down and eat it. But we're so proud of you, California condor. And no way to go. Yes, we can do the don't call it a comeback little mm, dance. Mm, like mm, mm, yeah, mm. perfect. I don't know what that. I, I've never heard of that before. But I, <laughs> it's I will not dance. A thing. Oh, you made it up. Okay, cool, great. Glad I could support you in that. I thought it was like a thing, and I was I was just like, oh yeah, of course. And then <laughs> yeah. after dancing, I was you like, copied me. <laughs> I mean, actually, I don't know what that, that is. That was perfect. Great. All okay. right. <laughs> yes. So moving on. What else do you got? All right. So um, this one is a shout out to potentially my favorite professor of all time, Dr. Kinzer. Thank you so much for everything that you've done for me. And she actually brought this little little guy up um, in class about protecting them, but there's a lot to do with them. So these are the three spined sticklebacks. They're Ooh. a very, very tiny little Stickleback. sticklebacks, little fish. So these fish don't get over three inches long. Okay. Um, itty bitty. Itty bitty. I can um, let you guess how many spines they have. Three. Yes. And they use them mostly for protection. Um, (laughs) So the really interesting thing, well, first, one really interesting thing, older fish, like the beginning of the evolution of fish, actually didn't have scales. So these fish do not have scales. They have body armor. Okay. So what is, describe that for me. It's literally like a plate of armor on each side. They're still fish, so they kind of move in that torpedo-like way, but they don't have the the wiggle back and forth or anything like that. Interesting. Yeah. So, do they have like the body, like the um, like the skin of like a dolphin, but more like plates? Um, or is it like an exoskeleton? They, it's like an exoskeleton. They do have. Uh, they are silver ish <laughs> so um the the dolphin thing is relevant <laughs> um but she's trying to make me feel better no no being silly i really i i love the fact that we have very different interests and um <laughs> i also love teaching about animals so that's not the case at all um so interestingly enough um these little stickleback guys have had a run uh, a go uh, with some predators that may not have needed to be where they were. So um, 
I'm going to give you a little bit of history on that and then why they're important. So um, in the early 1980s, some catfish entered the the habitat where the sticklebacks lived and started just nomming them up. Any idea where the catfish came from? Humans brought them. Yep. So typical. They wanted to go fishing, right? Yep. Yep. One of those. One of the same people in that grassroots movement trying to protect the pinnacles probably said, "Well, I want to go fishing here." <laughs> anyway, I'm not even sure that's a thing that you, you know can do. You're a dedicated fisher whenever you already have the fish. But you just <laughs> literally are taking them from one place to the other yes. so that you can diversify your fish, fishing locations. Yes. And the more Classic. I think about this, I, I did look up the sticklebacks, not necessarily in the pinnacles. So this probably didn't happen in the pinnacles, but they do exist in the pinnacles. Anyway, so um, the reservoir where they were. So um, they decided that they needed to get rid of the catfish. So they drained the reservoir and electroshocked all of the fish. <laughs> That's a lot just, of effort. <laughs> yes. I just oh went to um, our local arboretum yesterday and they had to drain the pond in the middle of it recently and move all the koi fish. And they said it was like wrestling three it's like slimy three-year-olds <laughs> and i can only imagine getting all these little tiny fish out there and then you have these mean old nasty catfish oh, oh yeah gosh. and they could have gone um what do they call it what how do you get catfish you like noodle noodling yes yes yeah they could have just got all those really dedicated fishermen and women who wanted the catfish there in the first place and just had like a tournament. A noodle fest. A noodle fest. Been like, come get these catfish. And I okay. bet they could have like offered a really great reward and it could it would have been cheaper than draining and then electrocuting. <laughs> I just, there's something about this story that's just so shocking that I have to tell it. No pun intended. (laughs) (laughs) What a weird thing to do. Yeah. (laughs) What a strange thought process. Um, So then in the mid-1990s, this little sunfish that was also not native to the area infiltrated, and they were not necessarily messing with the stickleback so much, but they were a threat to another species in the area. So what did they do? They drained the reservoir and electrocuted the fish. Yep, exactly. (laughs) And so currently there's another fish called the mosquito fish that's doing the same thing, but they've decided that doing that might be impractical at the moment. Maybe. So so maybe we're finding different methods or, I don't know, perchance um, it's truly They brainstormed a little bit this time. Right. I I don't know. We shouldn't judge, but... um, That's too funny. I can't imagine electrocuting anything. Yeah. So anyway, the sticklebacks are important. We need them not just for ecological reasons, but also for um, evolutionary scientists. So these fish are um, some of the most studied fish by ichthyologists, which means fish, fish scientists. Um, I have a degree in marine biology, so I'm an ichthyologist. Um, I don't know anything about fish, though. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So they are mostly in salt water, but they come into fresh water. And they believe that these fish have actually created two lineages of the same kind of fish, but one that can live better in marine water and one that can live better in fresh water. And they think that that happened within 10 years. Oh, wow. So, 
like that. Oh, there's not salt here. I'm going to change it. Deal with that. Yeah. Also, the um, males build the nest, take care of the eggs, protect the larvae. So you got to love that. What gentlemen. Yes. So we like the stickleback. They are probably just as ugly as the condor. Mm -hmm. I didn't show you a picture of them, but they sound pretty accurate to their name. Um, So anyway, I have two left. Do you want to pick a number? The second. Oh my gosh, yes. So we discussed earlier that part of the geography here in the Pinnacles is desert. So knowing that and that I just said that, do you have an idea of what kind of animal this could be, whether it be another bird or a mammal? It's probably not a bird or a fish. When you say desert animal, my mind goes to holes and I think of yellow spotted lizards. <laughs> Am I close? <laughs> no, not <Okay>. quite. <laughs> but, uh, like holds the movie and the book and the book. Okay. Yes. Okay. Yes. Yeah. I thought you, when you first said it, I thought you just meant like my like mind goes hole. to holes. <laughs> I was like, oh dear. Oh, that's how little she thinks of my brain. Everyone, <laughs> she thinks. Oh, I literally just been picturing holes. Well, we know I don't appreciate the art of text, so I've never read it before. Um, and we are we are about to get disrupted um, for a moment by my lovely fiance. So I don't. Should we pause for I think we should second. pause. Okay. So yes, holes. The book and movie, not actual literal holes in the ground. Which is a great segue because these live in holes in the ground. Oh. Um, what are so they? This is the big ear kangaroo rat. <laughs> Some real cute creatures we're talking about in this episode. <laughs> the kangaroo rat. Yes. And uh, it is named for its large ears. But they're not as large as you would... Like, if I named something big-eared... Nick, mm-hmm. I would expect your ears to be big. Yeah. But these are like just cute little rats that hop around. So are they named also for the hopping? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, the kangaroo part. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so they literally move around like a kangaroo. Okay. Um, which is their only source of defense. These creatures are unique to the area, um, like the desert area. But when I was doing research on them, there's not a lot on there. So I got information like they make a noise that goes squeak, squeak. <laughs> and that was it. Cute. And I was like, okay, but. Um, you know, there's not a lot on an animal when the most prevalent information you can find about it is the sound it makes. That it squeaks. <laughs> um, and it's a rat. So, rat. so I mean, if it, it growled, rat, we would have a rat problem. rodent? Mm-hmm. So it's not a marsupial, it's no. a rodent. Yeah. Okay. Just like the flying squirrels. Just like the flying squirrels. <laughs> okay, good to know. Um, so scientists have been going out and like trying to study these um, little boogers for a while, and they had like a video camera that had like three pixels on it, and they caught a video of a snake attacking one, but. The kangaroo rat jumps up in the picture, and all three pixels, you can't tell if the snake actually bit it, and it just, like, got out of the mouth. Oh, I hope it got out. 
so then they've gotten really, really interested in them. Um, so they more than not get away from their predators, which include snakes and kit foxes, by um, just like jumping really fast and really high. Heck out of there. And going squeak, squeak. Um, <laughs> so um, that's super cool, right? Um, and they're also <laughs> unique. So um, they have the ability to survive with basically no water. And For how long? Literally says with no free water at all. And so potentially like camel-esque. So, but they have the same amount of water in their body as other animals. Interesting. Very interesting. Especially because they're not, I mean, they're just very well adapted to the area. So there's more to them than just big ears. And squeaks and jumping. And I think that um, experiments need to be done to see if we could use this kind of wonderful um, adaptations for potentially going to space or going out into the ocean for a long time or just not needing water when you live in a place that has tainted water. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, I digress. What interesting critters. Super interesting. So the last one, um, as we mentioned before, there are bats. Or there are caves. (laughs) (laughs) So the last one, as we mentioned before, there are caves in the pinnacles. And in those caves, there are 14 species of bats. 14? Um, Yes. Wow. Which is awesome. So bats have gotten a bad rap lately. Um, We're really close to Halloween right now. even said the date earlier. Oh, I have a real quick story. Yes. To interject myself. I I just think it's like, I mean, I'm not going to make fun of people, but guys, you know, you can do what you want. And it's most likely that the people who do this are the type of people who like will wave at you on a walk and let you cut in line mm-hmm. at the grocery store. Um, but the type of people who do those things are probably also the same people who decorate their car for holidays. Yes. Which I think is like so silly. But like I said, you're probably all really great people who are just like constantly have smiles on their faces. But I was on my way here today. I was walking here and I saw a car parked on the street and it had an arm coming out of the trunk. (laughs) And I was like, oh my, I like rolled my eyes and I was like, they're having fun with it. It's whatever. Um, So anyway, that was my story about spooky season and bats. Well, bats weren't part of it, but that's what bats made me think of it. So continue. Thank you. (laughs) So bats are really important. so annoying. (laughs) No, I... So I was just thinking, Jody, if you're listening to this, we were talking about you. So, yeah, you should wave people on at the grocery store because if you decorate your car as much as you do, you should be nice, too. Uh, <laughs> oh, like it is. For reals. No, Jody always has a great decorated car so she can find it in a parking lot. I'm not sure that that's what the person that has the arm coming out of the... Um, yeah. Maybe. I mean, whatever. As long as it's not a real arm... Ha, ha, ha. The tiger in the tank. The do you remember that? No. <laughs> the 
this is like before our time, but there used to be like this commercial that was like, put a tiger in your tank, and it was some sort of gas. Um, it was like Exxon, but uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was their mascot. And so people had like a little tiger tail that would come out of the gas tank. Oh, <laughs> yeah. that's cute. Yeah, so that's what that reminded me of. So anyway, bats are important. Um, <laughs> bats, just like bees, butterflies, and birds are pollinators and they start with b yes every <laughs> yeah that's my contribution oh, wow letter of the day well, I, I love alliteration i didn't catch on to that oh that's right so now. cool i did not know bats were pollinators yes so bats eat lots of fruits and berries and things of that nature and then they eat the seeds and then they fly around and they poop all the seeds all over our heads but some of it gets in the ground Good. and then the poop is kind of like compost for the seeds and it just allows things to grow so um bats are important they are also three species of vampire bats they live in south america and they feed on birds and mammals but we won't talk about those but it is spooky season so i had to bring it up um so there's not much more to go on about the bats except for i think this is really um critical when we're talking about the national parks to add just a few little like should do's in there like uh, leave no trace and this is kind of one. Oh, like like leave it better than you found it yeah okay yes so um bats in north america have started experiencing this fungal pathogen on their nose and it turns their little noses white and they die from it and while the bats in pinnacle are not have not been exposed to this yet the national park service wants everyone to know that when you're going from park to park you should definitely like wash your boots make sure you change your clothes um stay on the trail and raise awareness to other people about protecting these animals um so you're so if you're in a place that has this fungus um you don't take it to pinnacle and then Mm -hmm. all the bats there get it so it's just um be a do-gooder if you're going to be going out on the trail but also um a few things that you can do for bats in general in your neighborhood because they are really important and they're mammals by the way i don't know why i feel the need to tell you that but they're bats are mammals um don't bother bats (laughs) don't bat the bat Leave leave the bat if there's one in your house um, reduce your use of pesticides in your yard. There are plenty of natural alternatives. Plant flowers to attract night pollinators. That's just a solid Google search away. I love that term. Night pollinators. Night pollinators. Yeah. No, absolutely. And you can also install bat boxes in your yard or community. Like a birdhouse mm-hmm. for bats. Exactly. Great. Yeah. So, like I said, nothing nothing new about the bats except for maybe how we can protect them and that they are very important to every single community in North America. So, so this Halloween season, research bats. Yeah. And learn how important they are. Do something good for the underdogs. Educate yourself. The underbats. The underbats, if you will. Oh my gosh, I saw a meme the other day and it had a rat looking up at a bat and it was saying, Angel. (laughs) 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 Oh gosh. Oh yeah, rats and bats and fish. What an action-packed episode. And condors. And condors. 
Um, cool. Well, let's wrap up the episode with a few fun, miscellaneous, interesting facts about Pinnacles National Park, shall we? Yes. And we can go back and forth because I did pull this up. Okay. Excellent. So I'll start with when's the best time to go? Uh, Pinnacles National Park is a very diverse area mm-hmm. with uh, a very large range of temperatures. So February through early June is usually the ideal time to plan a visit to Pinnacles. Temperatures are mild and there are lots of wildflowers blooming about. But in the summer, temperatures soar above 100 degrees easily, and park officials suggest that if you go in the summer, you bring ample water, which is usually a liter for every hour that you're there. Yeah, and if you go in the spring, there's also a ton of butterflies, apparently. So, um, Pinnacles National Park is one of the three sites used to reintroduce the rehabilitated condors into the wild. I had five sites, but it's okay. okay. But one of a few. One of a few. They have a nine and a half foot wingspan. Whoa, so we weren't wrong when we, we said at least six. We but were that not is wrong. Mass, nine and a half? Yes. Oh. And when they reintroduced them um, to Central California, they only reintroduced 60. So now we said there's a little under 300. So they are doing well. Good. Um, did, we say, and, I, I mean, did we say 400? Whatever. But they're they, 400 total, but oh, 300 in the wild. They, they're still... Okay. Yeah. Um, also, um, I remember from last week that if you were going mountain climbing here you need to check the raptor report i saw that too yes yeah so um if you're if this is one of your jams and you like climbing mountains then make sure you go and check out if the condors have laid their eggs and if they're gonna peck your little eyes out Mm-mm, you do not and then want the that. bat's gonna poop on your head because you're gonna be there with no eyes and you can't get out and you'll have an even worse time than W.B. Lewis. And the kangaroo rats will just be jumping on your belly. Oh, cats are really painting a picture (laughs) for us here. So read that raptor report. So let's talk about two popular hikes. Um, There's one called the Balconies Cave Trail on the west side, and another one called the Bear Gulch Cave Trail on the east side. And both of these hikes plunge into pitch black, regular shaped caves. Uh, they have narrow canyons that have filled with rock fall, uh, ranging from huge boulders to rocky debris. Um, and then over time, that flowing water has eroded passages that hikers can scramble through. So it's like a unguided half cave, half normal hike. Um, but you get to see like all the really cool things that uh, nature has made uh, in this park. But um, bring flashlight and headlamp. There you go. So thanks to erosion, uh, the pinnacles have formed the most eye-catching part of the national park, which is a uniquely shaped rock formations resembling an abyss of towers and steeples. It's believed that Native Americans inhabited California and specifically Pinnacles National Park's region more than 10,000 years ago. In the 1860s, miners came to Pinnacles, convinced there was copper, gold, and other precious metals, but none was ever found. Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun. You hate to see it. Oh, are we we done? No, I meant to see... Well, yeah, we are, but I meant to... I, I was saying, like... People come in to find gold. And well, then that's they why we have the any. Antiquities Act. Right. Yes. Get out of there with your pickaxes. Look, I learned something. You sure did. <laughs> um, cool. Well, 
Kat, do you have any other questions, thoughts, comments, philosophies, intuitions, or ambiguities? Oh, just that I had a really good time with you tonight. I had a great time with you too. Um, cool. Well, I don't have anything else. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Made for You and Me, the educational, entertaining podcast about national parks in the United States. You can find us wherever you get your podcasts. That's Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify. We are all over. Um, tune in next week for uh, our episode about... You'll just have to wait and see. You're beautiful. Bye. Bye.